Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus and time to air your fantasy grievances. What let you down this week? Well, so J.K. Dobbins, right? They're not letting us know. Is he starting? Is he not starting? Is he ready? So what? Do we have to go down the Mike Davis road again? Like, none of us want to do that. As a collective fantasy community, nobody wants to go down the Mike Davis road. J.K. Dobbins right now, his ADP is 65, six-rounder. I mean, I just... It's tough, right? I mean, who wants two days before the season kicks off to not know if a guy that, that potentially is your RB1, unless you're going RB heavy at the start, who's, if he's going to play or not. So that's super annoying. Um, that is my grievance of the week. <laughs> I, I like it. I like also Kenyon Drake in the mix. Let's go, go, yeah. Come on, Baltimore. Come on. That too. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Baltimore, get your stuff together. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, somewhat anxious, like, for the season to get started, just because we know that once everything starts, it's just a nonstop blur until we get to probably, like, January-ish time frame. So <laughs> other than that, uh, I'm doing all right. I'm excited for Thursday Night Football to be back. Uh, and, and everything to really kick off like here within the next couple of days. Uh, but Jen, how are you doing? I'm good. It's weird. I'm not normally on the bottom. Like we, we, we're flip-flop today. This is kind of, <laughs> this it's, is different. It's a yeah. very weird view for me after yeah. two years of being on the top. Um, but no, I'm good. I am, like you said, I'm ready for actual action. I'm tired of talking about ADP and, you know, spike weeks and blah, blah, blah. I want matchups. I want football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm great. My uh, my Georgia Bulldogs won 49 to three uh, this past weekend. So mm-hmm, off to mm-hmm. a good start there. And uh, yeah, ready to roll. Let's talk some streaming. Brandon, I know you said you had a day. How are you? It's been a day. It's been a day. <laughs> but the cool thing about having a bad day is I get to come here and chat with you two, which makes my day instantly better. Right. And uh, and we have Steven here joining us trying to get a defense and a kicker to stream for week one. That is why we are here. We are going to get to that. This episode kicks off our first weekly streaming episode. We'll emphasize hot pickups for the primary streaming positions. That's quarterback tight end kicker and defense uh, or team defense, I should say. We'll break down the best options for you to seek out each week during the season. Uh, But before we get started on that, I want to ask you guys about some fast movers in streaming territory over at Underdog. Uh, I'm still doing some Best Ball Mania 3 contests right now, so I checked out our own Underdog ADP app at 444.com, and I I saw a few players who are moving uh, in either direction very fast right now to to debate. So, Jen, I want to start with you. Raheem Mostert, he's moved up 14.6 spots in the last week on Underdog. He's available late in drafts. So, first off, are you drafting him in Best Ball Mania 3 where $10 million in prizes are being handed out? And number two, is he worth streaming consideration in redraft leagues? Uh, I am not drafting Raheem Mostert. Uh, as, as you know, and most of us know who've been following us uh, this whole summer, I'm definitely on the Chase Edmonds train there. Uh, I think Mostert's fine. I just don't, I don't trust him. And I know that the whole, you know, injury prone, blah, blah, no one likes that term, but the dude just can't stay healthy. And I just don't, um, you know, he's great. He's fast. He's fine when he's on the field, but he just can't be on the field very often. So I'm not really drafting him. I'm sure. I mean, his ADP is fine. And, and you know, for, for stabs at people, that's totally fine. It's just not personally someone I'm drafting. 
Um, as far as streaming goes, I mean, I would like to think that here we are week one, that you don't need to be streaming a running back that low as Raheem Mostert. So um, I would hope, you know, I feel like there's, there's better options out there. Um, you know, teams RB2s that, that maybe will get a little bit more run than Mostert. So for me, yeah, it's no on both both questions there. Okay, makes sense to me. Uh, can we retire, by the way, the phrase uh, fantasy analysts who think they can re- predict injuries? I've been seeing that a lot, and I just think it's dishonest, right? Like, I think, because it's okay to say I'm not worried about the player's injury history. That's okay. But don't pretend like people out there are saying they're going to predict injuries when they're concerned about a history of injuries. <laughs> like, can we retire that phrase? It seems cool dishonest and mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Chris, I want to talk about uh, Kenny Galladay, right? Uh, everybody's <laughs> favorite uh, guy to hate right your, now. Like, he's your favorite guy to like this season. So I, I like Kenny Galladay. He's available now. Like when I was drafting him, he was like a 10th, 11th round pick, right? And now he's, you can get him in the last round. Like nobody likes Kenny Galladay. He is still the wide receiver one on the depth chart. So he will get snaps at least. Uh, he's dropped a whopping 20.7 spots in the last week on underdog. Available way late. Chris, same questions. Number one, are you drafting him in best ball mania three? where the winner gets two million dollars and uh two is he worth streaming consideration in redraft leagues uh for the best wall portion i don't see why not taking a stab on kenny galladay at his reduced price like isn't worth considering at this point if you want to take a look at the fact that the way that the way that they have his contract structured he should at least be earning targets at least be on the field let me take that back let's say he'll be getting snaps i don't know about the targets portion because we'll see how much effort he puts into it which is why everybody hates him at the moment but if you look at the giants depth chart who else are they supposed to be throwing targets to but at the very least i think having a guy like kenny galladay on the field schematically tactically is what you would need in order to allow for guys like Kadarius Tony, guys like Wandale Robinson, guys like Saquon Barkley to be efficient, like as pass catchers, because we've almost seen that in like other offenses. It's almost like the can't like how has CD Lamb fared without a guy like Amari Cooper, that type of thing, like where having somebody on the field in order to draw away like primary coverages has been useful for like the wide receiver too. So while Kenny Galladay, his prospects like from a fantasy standpoint might not be the best just because we don't know how that offense is going to look and at his reduced price i want to get in on that and redraft no i have zero i have zero desire to draft somebody in that type of situation because i don't want to invest a ton into the giants offense anyway for me give me saquon barkley give me Kadarius Kadarius tony just because we know from a yards per route run standpoint Kadarius tony can be a highly efficient receiver a, like a very productive receiver when he gets the targets and then the same thing with wandell robinson just giving his collegiate profile I'll take some stabs on Wandell Robinson as well. So give me those three guys because I know they have the, the the profile to outkick their ADP, at least in redraft. But in best ball, I think the table is completely open just because we don't know how the season is going to go. And if looking at, if not just from a seat, like the season from a whole, like from a uh, its entirety, Look at their week 17 matchup like against Indiana, like the, the Colts. I mean, it's possible with their defense, they would need a guy like Kenny Galladay in order to be able to post up against the corners that they have. I mean, they have pro- arguably one of the best defenses like in the league at this point. I would say top seven, top eight. So if we do see any sorts of struggles from Kadarius Tony, Wondell Robinson, like with his smaller frame, Galladay could be the one in order to capitalize like on that sort of situation. So overall, best ball. Yes, I'll take Galladay at a reduced price. Redraft, no, I'll I'll look elsewhere for sure. 
Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, just dirt cheap right now. Like I'm picking him over guys like Sammy Watkins. Like it's it's not too hard for me to bank on that. But uh, folks, if you want to get in on the best ball action, get in a few more best ball mania three drafts before the season starts Thursday night. We have a promo where you can get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's four free best ball mania three entries plus a free four for four pro or DFS subscription. Check out four for four dot com slash underdog for more details. All right, so. Uh, our top quarterback streamer is going to be our sleeper streamer of the week. Chris, uh, which quarterback is your number one sleeper streamer for week one? Sleeper streamer for the week one. Uh, so walking through this, I wanted to just give folks like a quick like overview of my process. I, mean, I detail it in the very first article for streaming quarterbacks like every season. But just to give like a quick outline, it's everything from home away or like i try and look at the weather but everybody knows that's a part of my that's part of my shtick uh but also like neutral pace uh anything about about the defense and how they might interact or the opposing offense themselves like how they interact with the other offense so just like a number of metrics that i try and look at but for this week um, i looked at ryan Tannehill. like he is the guy that i think overall he does at least have some of the i don't know the, the feel goods, like when it comes qualitatively speaking, like if people see the name, they would probably want to click on him and start him versus some of the other guys, like whether it's Carson Wentz or Trevor Lawrence. I mean, all the other guys that we might have like really no problems drafting when it comes to best ball, but when the rubber meets the road and we have to put those guys in our starting lineups for managed leagues, it's just, I don't know if people have just this slight uncertainty when it comes to putting Trevor Lawrence like in their starting lineup. Some people might have that. So Ryan Tannehill at least qualitatively gives people at least some sense of security because we know that he has been efficient. We know that he has been a top 12 quarterback. But last season kind of leaves some like or add some of that uncertainty like to his outlook for this season but if you look at his splits with and without derrick henry just last season all of that really contextualizes the downfall for ryan Tannehill last year everything from uh epa per rush like for ryan Tannehill, because we know he was a scrambler all the way down to like his epa per play like everything dropped like once derrick henry went down like when was that like the week six week seven ish like time frame if i'm remembering correctly so for all of the good things that happened for the Titans last year, I mean, they were able to hang on to the number one seed in the AFC West. I mean, all of those good things. I mean, sacked my Joe Burrow like nine times in the playoffs, still couldn't win, like all this other stuff. I mean, it didn't matter for that stand, for, like from that standpoint, but overall Ryan Tannehill was a good quarterback with Derrick Henry there. Now, our own Justin Edwards, he's noted uh, in his offensive line rankings that the Bills essentially like rated their interior offensive line and they do have some concerns there, but if Derrick Henry is on the field, they are able to create explosives like from uh, through their running game. Ryan Tannehill can capitalize on that, can still be efficient as a passer. So for at least in week one, I would say that Ryan Tannehill has the best bet to be like the top streaming quarterback like for you. Jen, I'm curious, uh, just talking Titans and talking the quarterback situation, you know, um, Harold Landry, their top pass rusher, arguably their top pass rusher, uh, unfortunately uh, tore something. He's out for the year already um, in practice last year. Uh, if the defense struggles, does that help Ryan Tannehill if it's more of a, a less of a neutral passing situation? Does it Does it help him or does that put too much on him and does he struggle more? I'm curious, your take on Tannehill. I would think it helps him. I mean, I think that, you know, the the normal run-heavy approach may not, you know, that they, they may need to kind of go more towards uh, a, a passing. You know, it depends. I mean, you know, 
but yes, I mean, the, without going into too much detail there, but yes, I feel like, I feel like Tannehill um, is in a good spot. I mean, they're, they're playing the giants. So I don't know that, you know, if we get into the whole, you know, game script, I, I don't know that they're really going to get behind. So that may hurt him. True. <laughs> um, but we don't know. I mean, we don't know what, what to expect from this Giants team. That's the thing. It's, it's week like, one. That's yeah. The I mean, and it's a brand new regime. It's a brand new, you know, I mean, granted, it's still Daniel Jones. You know, it's still Saquon Barkley. But I feel like, you know, it's, it's different coaching, different mindset. Um, the Titans, I feel like we, we pretty much know what we're getting, right? I mean, A.J. Brown is gone. We have Robert Woods. But, you know, for the most part, um, I feel like we kind of know what this Titans team is, is going to do. But um, I agree with Chris. I like Tannehill this week. I mean, I don't, I don't do the research that he does as far as a streamer, you know, go. But, you know, surface level looking at the matchup, I'm on board. I like it. I like it. Also, he adds a little bit of that uh, that Konami code, which has always made him an attractive streamer. Yeah, he's a when... secret rusher that people yeah. don't really realize that he actually does run. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I like Quentin likes uh, likes the idea Ooh, of Danny finishing quarterback three after week one uh, against the Giants. I like that. Uh, Chris, any more quarterbacks that we should be targeting as streaming options if we can't get Ryan Tannehill? Uh, so the only other guy, and this is this is a lesser one, and I understand the look at those two session. players, those two yes. names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Carson Wentz is probably the only other one that I feel some some sense of security with, just because with Carson Wentz, we do know that there's some level of there's there's some mobility with Wentz, like if the pass rush does get home, and Jacksonville that we know that they are trying to retool their defense, they wound up taking. Uh, they wound up taking one of the best defensive, like defensive players, like in the draft since they were like first overall again. But uh, I think the biggest thing for for me is that like Washington's offensive line not that bad this year. So if he does have the protection, he does have the playmakers around him from Terry McLaurin, Jahan Doxson, Curtis Samuel, assuming he's healthy. I mean, just the list goes on and on. So if you compare Carson Wentz's supporting cast from last season to this season. Arguably, I would say that it's better because if you think about like the star power up front, like from the going from the Colts, like to the commanders this year with the Colts, it was Michael Pittman. It was T.Y. Hilton. It was Paris Campbell for however many games that he was active. Mo Ali Cox, Naheem Hines. So it's like great up at the top, but then it falls off a cliff really quickly. But now for the commanders, he's got Terry McLaurin. He's got Jahan Doxson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, J.D. McKissick. So it's a, I would say again. Arguably, the supporting cast is greater with the commanders than he had with the Colts last year. So if the supporting cast is better, the offensive line is better, because if we look at the offensive line for the Colts last year, number of injuries across the across the front, like for them, too. So it's it's possible against the Jaguars defense in week one with Carson Wentz also having some mobility that he could be at least an a decent streaming option for you. But I understand people's hesitancy to want to start Carson Wentz. Sure, sure. I uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to get on that. We're gonna get a, get to that when I talk about the defenses I might stream. But yeah, uh, <laughs> what about that other uh, that other name that I've come to know you to mention during streaming uh, discussions? Yeah. So this one's just more about because you guys were just talking about it. The loss of Harold Landry, like uh, for Tennessee, is is a big factor in this one. And I am very much of the mindset that for. In week one, when we don't know, this is going to be the big reveal for Brian Dayball coming over, and they're trying to essentially billsify like this this Giants offense. And at least if we know that 
Kenny Galladay is going to be a part of the offense and in some way, shape, or form. But the other key pieces we like, so from Kadarius Tony to Wondell Robinson, like to Saquon Barkley to whomever, we know that those pieces are there and we like those pieces. And then Daniel Jones, like when the pressure does get to him, he does have that ability to scramble. And we've seen that in the past. So all of those things, it's almost the same thing with Carson Wentz, but just on a lesser scale. We like the pieces, we like the fact that they can move out of the pocket if they need to and create yards on their own as a rusher. And then, of course, like if things do get really bad and they fall behind, they wind up having to pass quite a bit more in order to keep up with the opposing team. So if I like Ryan Tannehill and we do think that the Tennessee Titans are going to score, I think they have a 24 and a half implied team total and they're playing at home. So if we do know that it can create a negative game strip like for the Giants, it would force Daniel Jones hand a bit more. So all of those things, supporting cast. Daniel Jones mobility, the fact that he can't, he might be in a negative game, game script having to pass more, at least from a deeper play or deeper option. Daniel Jones isn't the worst option for you, like uh, in week one. You know, he's not a stranger to top 15 finishes like during the week. Like, it's been a not, little bit, yeah. but that's why I'm saying it's more of a deeper option. I understand why people <laughs> wouldn't want to go that way. No, I get it. Thank you so much. Chris gives us three nice quarterbacks to target, especially Ryan Tannehill, who's available in most of the leagues. So, uh, Jen. Let's yes. you don't write the tight end article anymore, but I still associate tight ends with you because you've always talked about tight ends for the years yeah. that I've read your stuff. So uh, which tight end streamers are you targeting for week one? Yeah, it was weird taking kind of a trip down memory lane to do this. This when I was preparing, I was like, oh, I have to do tight ends again. Um, you know, it's tough, right? We're in week one. There's not like there's not a ton to go on. Right. We have last year's numbers which i know a lot of people are anti-using but it's really all we have as far as just comparing you know so um the first guy i have a tight end wide is gerald everett who is someone that i think is being a, has been undervalued this entire offseason i mean he's in a, a very good offense um one that uses the tight end so i'm not really sure why people are, are not you know so he's got a 23 percent uh roster ship right now on yahoo um they're playing vegas it's it's you know a division game Las Vegas last season was 22nd in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the tight end. They gave 11.1 per game. So I think Everton, a great spot if you need them. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think that they're, you know, for some reason, I don't know if he's just boring. I mean, last year he had, you know, in Seattle, he had some issues. Remember he had mm -hmm. that one game where he he like single-handedly caused every turnover in the game. Yeah. He had like oh, a yeah. fumble and yeah. like a, a bobbed pass pick. And somehow <laughs> single-handedly did every single turnover. Point in the shaving. Game. But yeah. So, but you know, I think he, he's in, you know, he's in LA, um, which is still weird to say for the chargers, but here we are. Um, but yeah, so that, um, that game is actually at home. Uh, against against the, the Raiders so I think you know if you're if you're if you punted tight end or if you purposely didn't pick one up and decided to grab one I think Everett's a guy a uh, second guy uh, is Evan Ingram uh, similar super boring no one wants to like him no one wants to draft him uh, but you know he's in Jacksonville now um, they're on the road uh, in Washington which you know Chris just talked about that game uh, he's got you know a 26 percent Yahoo roster ship uh, Washington was actually pretty decent last season um, against tight end. I think they ranked 11 or 14th. I mean, um, in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed, they allowed 9.7. So that's still, you know, if you get 9.7 out of your tight end, you're fine. It's not, you know, horrendous. So I think he's someone that people can look to. Um, you know, I, I hope for, you know, especially with my best ball shares with Aaron Ingram, but you know, I hope that him and Trevor Lawrence can kind of create a good and maybe a fresh start in a new team outside of the giants where he's kind of been, 
stuck there for all those years and those bad Giants teams. So maybe a fresh start in Jacksonville will do him good, and maybe he'll have you know a good week one uh, start. Um, third guy on the list is uh, our good buddy. Uh, he's not a buddy at all, but we like him. <laughs> Friend of four for four in our own minds, uh, Mo Ali Cox. Uh, he's only at a 9% Yahoo roster ship, uh, which I'm surprised. I mean, I get it. He's not necessarily a tight end one, you know, coming out of the gate. You know, But as we all know, after that top tier, it's all a crapshoot anyway. I mean, Mo Ali Cox can end up being a top 10 tight end this season, and no one would really be that surprised because it is ugly. But he's got a great matchup uh, this weekend against Houston. Houston was 27th last year against tight ends. They gave up a whopping 12.9 half PPR points a game to him. So uh, if you're desperate there, you need, uh, you know, I think Mo Ali Cox is someone that will, you know, most likely be on your roster. He is on 91% of not your roster on your waiver wire. Cause he is on 91% of Yahoo waiver wires right now as we speak. So he's my third guy that uh, I think if you, you know, like I said, if you purposely didn't draft a tight end or you drafted someone that you're not really psyched about their matchup week one, um, any one of those three, I think should uh, be serviceable. I, I hope Everett does what I thought he'd do last year. I love the offense that he's a part of. Um, I, I, I got to ask, Chris, uh, is tight end streaming in week one less gross because we don't know how bad the tight end situation is yet? We're still full of that offseason hope? Well, I think that's exactly it because with quarterbacks, it's different because we already know, at least qualitatively, we know the team's outlook. Like if I mentioned Carson Wentz, everybody thinks like, well, because Wentz was terrible last year, the commanders are a terrible organization. That's just going to be terrible. But for tight ends, there's just so much uncertainty surrounding what their workload is going to be, whatever. It's almost like the offseason hype just carries into the regular season. There's really no transition. There's still hope. <laughs> yeah, there's still hope. Like there's no transition from best ball to managed leagues because it's just Logan Thomas could still be like one of the better like tight ends league. Gerald Everett could still be all all of these things. It's just like, there's really no change like from best ball to like from the off season to the start of the regular season, all of that, all of the things that we thought about these tight ends, they could could still all be true. I like it. it Yeah. I like it. Uh, Cause this list looks pretty good to me, Jen. And uh, normally the tight end streaming list doesn't look good to me. So this is it's week exciting. one. Just wait, we'll be vomiting by week four, trying to come up with names for this. Absolutely. But for now, I feel like that, you know, it's a good week for streaming. I feel yeah. like there's options if you need them. If you're like in a 16 team league and you did, you know, you don't like who you got. I feel like the, you know, all three of these guys could be there and all three of them could put up really good performances. Or they could stink, but that's you know, <laughs> or they could that's think, how yeah, it absolutely. goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's shift to kickers. Uh, let's stick with you, Jen, because uh, you're also the person I think of when I think of kickers. So, what uh, what streaming options do you have for kickers this week? This looks similar, similar but different, right? Not not this not the same optimism, but similar in the fact that there's some really good kicking streaming options this week. You I know, see your week, boy on there. Some mm-hmm. well, some weeks I sit down to write this article and I'm like, oh god, like it's the bottom of the barrel. Cause you know, my process, as Chris talked about his process, you know, I look for specific things. I look for high team implied totals, I look for home games, I look for teams that are favored. So sometimes I'll, you know, I'll get out that list and I'm like, oh, I'm at the bottom where it's just there's nothing good. And all the good kickers that are, you know, they're, they're that are drafted are at the top, and there's just kind of nothing there. But this week there's actually a lot of really good. Uh, matchups. I mean, the, my first guy and the best streamer of the week is Dustin Hopkins. I don't know why. I don't know if people have some sort of PTSD or think that he's still in Washington or I don't know what, but no, like 
the fact that he's only, you know, that he's even qualified, like, or, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, qualifies yeah. as a streamer is kind of silly. I mean, the Chargers are going to be good. They're going to scare a lot of points this season. I don't know why people aren't drafting him. Um, so anyway, this week specifically, like I said, they're playing Vegas at home. Uh, their team implied total is 28, which is the second highest uh, team implied total on the week. Uh, they are favored by four points. So I feel like Hopkins is a no-brainer. I mean, I drafted him in one of my leagues, um, and I will be plugging him in this week. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, he was 38% um, as of this morning. It may go up past the the 40% threshold uh, by the time drafts are done. But for now, he is uh, he's considered a streamer, and I like him this week a lot. Um, second guy this week is uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, my, my fellow Georgia Bulldog boy. alum. Woo. Uh, he is healthy. He missed last season or part of last season with a hip issue. Um, they actually made him fight for his job this this season in training camp, and he won. He beat out Jake Verity. So he has the job uh, fair and square. Um, he's, you know, I love Rodrigo. He is money. He is always, you know, now he, was, he wasn't healthy last year, so he wasn't fantastic. But he's healthy. He's good to go. Um, they are on the road, which is usually something I don't love in a kicker, but they're playing Houston. They've got a uh, team implied total of 26.25, and they are favored by over a touchdown. They're favored by seven and a half points. So I think Rodrigo will uh, definitely add some points to your roster this week, and he is only on 22% of Yahoo uh, rosters at the moment. So Friendly kicking conditions in that game, too. Uh, right? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're in Houston. You're in, Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, I definitely would not take the other side of that. I wouldn't take Kaimi Fairbairn. Which is a bummer because he used to be one of our favorites uh, back in the day. He was always in my streaming article, and now he, you know, you just can't take <laughs> can't take guys on teams that aren't going to score mm-hmm. points. I mean, true. I think the Texans have like I don't know, I can't remember six or seven games where their implied total is under nineteen points. Like you just can't. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get any you know benefits to your kicker there. Um, so anyway, and then the third guy uh, is Jake Elliott, another kicker that. I'm surprised it's not rostered more um, out of the gate. There's a lot of, you know, hope and optimism around the Eagles offense, but for some reason people aren't taking their kicker. Um, I don't really know why he's, he's only 21% rostered, but they are on the road as well uh, in Detroit. So they are uh, implied at a 26.25 uh, uh, and then they're favored by four points. So um, all the metrics are there for Jake Elliott and, you know, hopefully they come out of the gate. They have a very good, a very good game. I mean, they're playing the Lions, which, you know, we all want the Lions to do well. We say that every week on this pod. We like the Lions, but uh, I think this game, I think Jake Elliott will add some uh, quality points to your roster if you want to go ahead and stream him. And I know, listen, a lot of people, there's a question down there, is there such a thing as a week one kicker stream? There is, because a lot of people didn't draft a kicker, and now they have to drop someone from their bench to get one before kickoff. So that's my that's, situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, I don't do that because I, I can't yeah. de- like, it's stressful. Like at everyone, I know a lot of analysts like tout that as what you should do. I don't yeah. do it because now you're in a position where you obviously drafted these guys because you want them. And now you yeah. got to get rid of them before they even play. Like I yeah. just, uh, so I, I often take a, a depth chart battle guy, right? Like I'll take right. somebody who I don't who slip because we don't know. And then the you status. drop them and they blow up in week one, and then you're but, pissed because you had them. And you but let by this go. time, normally, because I'm usually <laughs> drafting the week before, right? So right. like by this time, mm-hmm. my hope is that the depth chart battle is a little bit more clear, and sure. then I can pick somebody right. else. That's always no. the idea there, but it doesn't always work out. But no, I get it. I get the know. concept 100 percent as to why people do it. 
But for me, it's like you come into a draft and you draft these guys for a reason, and then you have to drop them before they even take a snap. I just I don't like it. See, so, but, I come I come into a season knowing I've got Jen Akins's kicker streaming right. Article, Bingo. So I just trust that all year. That's yeah, how I no, do. No, I'm with you, and I think that, like I said, this week's a really good streaming week because I'm sure there will be weeks that I will be cringing when I write the article and I hate who I'm putting up there and I don't feel confident. <laughs> but I feel like all three of these guys are going to be just fine. And there's there's more. I mean, we limited it to just three, but. My article has six guys in it, and I actually could have gone more. I actually, I actually cut a couple off the list. I mean, there's a lot of really good matchups this week for kickers. And so Hopkins seems like someone you might just keep. Like, well, yeah, sure. like I said, I drafted yeah. him in a redraft. I mean, I do stream kickers, um, yep. but uh, I did draft Hopkins in a league, and I usually hang on until you know there's a really bad matchup, and then maybe yeah. I'll swap it out. But I think that, like I said, when we were talking about Everett, I feel like the Chargers – um, are going to score points every week. So why not have pieces of it when you can? And kicker and tight end are the easiest way and cheapest way to get pieces of that, specifically that Chargers offense. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's uh, let's shift to defense. That's uh, probably my prime streaming position. I do stream kicker, but I, I really stream defense. Like it's... I do too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so our own Nick Bodiford at Nick Bodiford NFL on Twitter has the Browns listed as his number one streaming option on defense this week. Uh, I'm going to get your take, Chris, of what you think of that and then i'm going to tell you why i uh i disagree with it but go ahead <laughs> why would i you automatically disagree before i even think well i, I do no, think... no no not you i disagree with nick's oh, uh assessment okay. as the top streaming <laughs> gotcha gotcha yeah, i was yeah, about yeah, to yeah. say like i hadn't even said anything we'll yet. see i will okay. say you and i have been on the opposite ends of things a lot this year which means really bad things for my fantasy teams <laughs> it's probably just bad for my fantasy teams uh but no if they i mean they're still starting off like one of the better defensive fronts i mean headline like by miles garrett and like while the Panthers have tried to retool like along their offensive line, it does. I mean, there is that chance that with their, let's say, they know who Baker Mayfield is. They know what makes Baker Mayfield tick and they it's know true. how to knock him off of his spot. And Baker is one of those quarterbacks that if you do get him out of rhythm, you do get him out, like you knock him off the spot. He winds up throwing like in like uh, possibly like creating a turnover. So I think from that sense, uh, it's definitely possible like for them to be like one of the top streamers of the week. Uh, so I'm, I'm with that. I guess I understand like why he would make that pick just given the way that their defense is structured and with how, I guess, the level of uncertainty that we have with the Panthers offense like coming into week one. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I everything you said makes perfect sense, right? Cleveland's really good on defense. Miles Garrett, 16 sacks. They were ninth, tied for ninth in the league with 43 sacks last year. Yeah. They had a good secondary. I get it. Um. I'm just going to say angry Baker. That's I, Baker Mayfield. He he wants to destroy this team. And I just think, I think he's going to do it. Ben McAdoo, their new offensive coordinator. He, we can talk about whether or not he's a good coach or not, or whether or not what his stuff uh, does works, but his specific type of coaching, like, like I said, we can debate it, right? We can yeah. debate whether or not he's worth, uh, worth considering as a good coach, but his specific brand of offense fits Baker Mayfield really well. Short drops. You get the ball out fast. It should negate some of the Browns pass rushing. And that's going to make their linebackers, which is the weakness of the Cleveland Browns defense. It's going to make their linebackers have to cover those slot receivers, those big slot receivers that they have. Uh, Giants were third fewest and 12th fewest in sacks allowed during the two years that Ben McAdoo coached there because he gets the ball out fast. That's what he does. So, 
I like that. I very much like uh, Baker Mayfield to come in and destroy. It's not super analytical, and it's probably right to follow the Browns, but uh, I'm going to stay away. I'd rather do the Bengals versus the Steelers, personally. I I like the Steelers, but your Bengals, Chris, have a fearsome pass rush, right, led by Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Oh, Jen, did you have something to say? I'm sorry. I just have a question. You threw out the angry Baker Mayfield. I'm just curious. Is that the thing? Have we seen that before? You know what I mean? Like, there's certain court, like, angry Tom Brady is a thing. Angry Uh Aaron Rodgers is a thing. We've seen it. (laughs) Like, is angry Baker Mayfield a thing? Like, have we seen... No. Well, he has he hasn't really been angry. Right? Now remember, he's angry. So this know, is the first. It, okay. it, you're choosing with it. So he's been a mild man. He's been like Clark Kent up until now, right? And now he's angry, right? So he's not Superman, right? He's not Superman, but he might be a little bit like Superman three, like where he's just kind of a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'd I love to a little see it. Like, I'm not yeah, like I would absolutely yeah. love to see it because he deserves to be angry. I mean, he got done wrong, right? And you know yeah. he would. He was hurt and, you know, he got done wrong. So I'm totally down with Angry Baker. I was just curious if it was a thing we've ever seen or you just made it up and decided we were going to roll with it. I made it up based on his okay. uh, his hot mic where he uh, said some oh, uh, choice words about right. what he's going to do to Cleveland sure. in week one. Yeah. Um, also, Christopher McCaffrey, DJ Moore, like they got a good team. They got, they made three upgrades on the offensive line. I'm seeing lots of defense discussions in the chat here, by the way, which is awesome. I love Miami in week one. Miami is uh, rostered in most leagues, so that's why I didn't include them, but they would definitely be on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the, the Bengals, uh, you know, Pittsburgh might have the worst offensive line in football. When I'm looking at defense streamers, the top thing I look at are matchup. How good is the offense you're up against? And then number two, how good is your pass rush? Because if you can get after the quarterback, you can create turnovers and you can limit the scoring opportunities of the opposing team, and which is very simple, right? But those are the key elements to a good defense. If you can create turnovers, get pressure on the quarterback, you're more likely to put up better fantasy points as a team defense. Um, plus, you got Yosemite Mitch Trubisky. He's prone for a blown-headed play or two. Uh, his uh, turnover numbers are a bit overstated, but he's he's prone to do some silly stuff sometimes, and he's definitely starting. Uh, didn't look great in the preseason. I like the Bengals 36% Yahoo roster ship right now. Uh, I like the Bengals as a streamer against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I know has to make you happy, Chris. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, of course, like, why would I not be happy? But I think if I'm remembering correctly, Bengals last season, like top half of the league in terms of pressure rate. And like you just said, there's probably not a greater offensive line defensive line mismatch than what we'll see be, uh, between Cincinnati Bengals and the Steelers offense like even after I mean some of the things they've tried the personnel changes that they've made along the offense line this year we even saw just in the preseason I mean the amount of times that either Trubisky or Pickett were getting pressured and or sacked uh, by the opposing defense so once the there's meaningful fo- uh, football being played like out on the field yeah I would expect the same thing to continue and Cincinnati should probably have no problems like getting to Mitch Trubisky and so I can see a number of uh, turnovers like at least pressures sacks and or turnovers happening throughout the game I think so too I think it's gonna be a fun one for you to watch my friend and then I've got two really deep ones in case those teams are uh are rostered in your league uh as I mentioned angry Baker I think the Panthers against Jacoby Brissett uh, I think it's a good play. The Panthers have a pretty good pass rush. They got Brian Burns there. The secondary is pretty good. They've got playmakers at each level of the defense. Uh, Jacoby Brissett doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. The Dolphins averaged 20.2 points per game with him last year. They went two and three, and I'm not even counting the debacle that was mm-hmm. Buffalo. Uh, so uh, 20.2 with 
Jacoby Brissett, sorry, um, is what sure. they did with him. Uh, yeah, and that Buffalo drumming, he was mostly the starter for that game, and they got shut out, so uh, I'm not even counting that. Uh, like I said, sneaky good defensive line uh, in Carolina. I kind of like that. I think they're going to get some sacks and some pressure on Jacoby Brissett. Brissett doesn't really turn the ball over that much, so that's the downside there. But this could be a low-scoring affair for the uh, Browns, so you could get some points. And then uh, Jacksonville, Washington was 24th in points per game last year. Now we have Carson Wentz. Right, we talked about that. Uh, Mike Caldwell gets his first crack as as the defensive coordinator. I like him. Uh, longtime linebackers coach. He was under Todd Bowles in Tampa last year. Uh, mm-hmm. The Jacks defense should be better. Uh, they they were getting pressure with just four in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but Trayvon Walker looked really good. He looks like he's ready for prime time. Uh, Josh Allen is a beast on the other side. They've got some uh, beef up front, and they made some huge upgrades at linebacker with Devin Lloyd in the first round and uh, Foyer. Aluakon in free agency they brought in. I, I'm going to butcher that name and I apologize. Uh, but yeah, you know, comes over from Atlanta. He's going to get his opportunity to shine in that Jacksonville defense. I don't think they're going to be a good defense, but I think Washington's going to struggle, uh, which goes a little against what you were saying earlier, Chris. And I'm sorry for that. If you're desperate, I think Jacksonville is going to get multiple sacks and a fumble against Carson Wentz. Entirely possible because we know how erratic Carson Wentz can be like once the pressure does get to him. So no, I don't think that's too terrible. I don't think it's unreasonable at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's all I've got for um, for these. Uh, we've got another uh, mention about the best D after seven weeks, Green Bay. I agree, Green Bay is going to be really sharp. They're also mm-hmm. rostered in most leagues, so uh, also why we didn't pick them up here. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who joined us in the chat, and thank you to Jen, and thank you to Chris. It's always a pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the Monday Mommy at Chris Allen FFWX, and at You Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day.